the first day that I lived here, no, I guess it was the second day because I had my car, um, which wasn't delivered until the second day that I lived here. I went to the Starbucks, which I found with my phone because duh, that's how you do stuff. And I like, I, I have ordered and I'm waiting for my Frappuccinos or whatever. And this woman comes up to me and is like, are you from around here? And I'm like, Oh God, what did I do? How do they know? How do they know? What did I do? So I'm like, no, why? What gave it away? And she's like, oh no, no, no. I just wondered if you knew how to get to Stone Mountain. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, kind of not really, but you're, you, I know. <laughs> scared the crap out of you. It, I know. I was like, cause you know, so I live in Atlanta, which is like, not the southiest part of the south although it's surrounded on all sides by the actual south um but i i don't i live you know outside the perimeter which is you you don't get too far outside the perimeter the perimeter incidentally is the 285 freeway or as people who live here call it 285 or the interstate just being <laughs> um, roundy yeah Except it's yeah, it's really slow most of the time, um, and you don't you don't get too far away from that before you're in like the south. Um, so I was afraid that Where the I was already that go through the Spanish moss. Exactly, <laughs> but we don't really have Spanish moss because we're in North Georgia here. Oh. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I I was really afraid that I was in the south, in, but I wasn't. She just didn't know how to get to Stone Mountain, which is actually. Um, an interesting place because it's like basically a monument to the confederacy like i live five miles away from it and i've never been there it's just this like huge granite it's like a big rock <laughs> basically <laughs> that's like it's like a mountain but it's really just a rock um and they carved a massive like confederate monument into the side of it and i'm like that actually doesn't sound like it would be that interesting to me. I don't know. It just doesn't. <laughs> Before we uh, start talking about the Confederacy and all the fun modern mm. myths about it, uh, do you want to talk about mayonnaise? I do. I do want to talk about mayonnaise a little. Uh, so, <laughs> I, you know, when you live here, you just never know whether what you're eating is going to have mayonnaise in it or not. They put mayonnaise in the damnedest places. Like, I was complaining, I forget what I was complaining about, some kind of disgusting food thing that's very Southern. And one of the Southerners was like, one thing that we really love down here is, so you take a pear... And by that, she meant canned pear, which I didn't realize at the time. I thought she meant like a pear from a tree. Silly me. But no, you take a canned pear and you mix up some cheese and mayonnaise and you like stuff the halved pear from a can with this cheese and mayonnaise mix. And I was like, wow, that sounds like the most revolting thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. And she's like, no, no, it's really good. And I'm like, I OK, if you say so. I have not experienced this firsthand. Um, interestingly, she is the person, she's from Mississippi, and at some point she, like, came out to my husband as a raging homophobe, 
<laughs> like, like she was a closeted homophobe before that. But, you know, one, one day the subject of gay marriage came up and she just like went off about how it's wrong and disgusting and whatever. And he basically told her to stop talking and go away. <laughs> um, so that was like it was awkward because she was one of his co-workers. It was kind of awkward after that. But like, you know, it's super weird. Like, OK, so we knew that, that this person was from Mississippi, but you know you're a scientist you'd think that you would not be a raging homophobe but apparently you can take the girl out of mississippi but you can't take mississippi out the girl um (laughs) at least not in her case so that was like weird and disappointing um oh and one other like weird mayonnaise thing that i actually have had it's called pimento cheese and it's basically like a mixture of of cheese and mayonnaise with pimentos in it. And like my coworkers were talking about it and they were like, they didn't really know what the red things were. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure those are pimentos, like, cause it's called, and they were like, oh, this is just one of those things. Like pimento cheese is just a thing that exists that you don't really think about. Um, and Whole Foods makes really good pimento cheese, um, <laughs> just by the way. Probably not anywhere where any of you guys live, but down here in the South, um, <laughs> you can get Whole Foods pimento cheese. And, and moving more uh, into the actual topic that we wanted to talk about, uh, I had never had anyone argue with me before that the South was not about slavery. Like, I'm like... By South, you mean Confederacy, right? Yeah. The the Confederacy was the Civil War was not about slavery, uh, which was news to me. They're like blah blah blah, states' rights and economics. I'm like, okay, yeah, states' rights to have, have slaves, slaves. <laughs> and the economic rights to have a slave-based economy. Like, this is like, this is not. It's not hard to draw those lines from point to point. Ultimately, at the root of the Civil War, you keep coming back to slavery somehow. Funny how that works out. So it was really weird that, but but people like, that's how it's taught down here. It was, you know, the War of Northern Aggression. And well, nobody's actually said that to me. Like, you can kind of tell that that's the philosophy, even if not the stated, like, you know, that's not what they officially call it, at least not in Atlanta. Outside, (laughs) who knows, like... They probably do, but like otherwise reasonable people are taught and are willing to argue that, in fact, the Civil War was not about slavery. And I'm like, okay, yes, it was, but moving on. One might say the terrorists won on 9-11 because we gave up our right to get on planes in a quick and orderly manner. Hmm. Um, the South didn't lose in the sense that right now you could find confederate flags in Pennsylvania and Illinois and you yeah. probably couldn't at the time of the war no because it was treason secession is treason they want so it was the united states of america and a collection of states led by perennial asshole south carolina uh (laughs) wanted and this that was not the first time south carolina tried to secede and it wasn't the last either um incidentally (laughs) but like they uh, they wanted to just blow up the united states and be two countries and president lincoln was like no 
<laughs> yeah, in fact, so the South figured that they could easily get international support on their side because asking for history to repeat itself, uh, we all know that France played a major role in the American Revolution coming out in favor right. of the Americans, um, being that they had a navy. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so the South threatened to cut off their cotton end of trades between them and Europe. And there was one small problem with this. The uh, cotton gin was just recently invented and made processing cotton a lot easier to do than with slave labor. So mm. Europe just started growing its own cotton and cutting off southern cotton meant that they could actually explore this avenue for themselves. Right. And they harmed themselves because by cutting off their own exports, they also didn't have necessary imports of, you know, anything they were getting internationally. Right. Which was almost everything. Yeah. Like the South really was for, pretty much cotton. For all of their existence, and this is continued for all of American history, um, the economic exporters are New York and California and a couple of neighboring states contribute much smaller than they do, but generally the states that stayed in the Union and are remain blue states today are economic exporters that is they pay more taxes into the federal government than the government hands back to them for various things right and this was true in the time of the confederacy so to you know claim it was some sort of crap about taxes um or it's complete nonsense yeah because it's like okay you you <laughs> cut off your import of taxes from states that are doing economically better right um and there there was also a role that corn played because Corin grew slightly better above the Mason-Dixon line somehow for whatever reason, or it was just grown more because all of the South was used for cotton. Right, and that was, was that was an important trade crop where cotton wasn't anymore. Yep, because I mean, cotton was relatively new at the time of the Civil War. Um, well, pre-cotton gin, it was very labor-intensive, so a lot of clothing was made out of things like wool yeah. or linen, which made of flax, and, uh, you know, you could, you don't, you actually don't need cotton clothes. Like, you can, if you, you know, if you, if the South wants to not sell you cotton, you can totally deal with that. But and the invention the, of the cotton gin made it so that if the South doesn't want to send, sell you cotton, but you still want it, you don't have to go to slave labor to get it. Right. And the tide um, internationally was really turning against slavery in a lot of places. Um, like England was pretty much like, slavery is kind of bad. <laughs> like, I don't know that we can support this. And um, did Spain still have slaves at the time? I'm not quite sure. I didn't put a list together, but um, yeah. in the 1500s, whatever pope at the time did say that slavery was wrong and that Catholics shouldn't do it. Right. <laughs> so it's not like secession or um, abolitionism was a relatively new concept. The founding fathers were sort of uncomfortable with it to begin with. Um, yeah. Vermont outlawed it before it became the 14th state 
immediately after the war. It was just unpopular long before the Civil War. And yeah, there have been abolitionists for a really long time because slavery is fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> how do you? And, and especially slavery based on genetics. Right. Um, and in fact, that's one of the interesting things that happened in the uh, late uh, 18th, early 19th century. Slavery didn't used to be hereditary through your mother. Um, like you it, it, I think, um, it depended like who your father was. So, you know, white people who knock up their slaves would, you know, the children would be free or you'd have more indentured servitude. Like even black people sometimes were indentured servants instead of, you know, being life slaves and hereditary slavery wasn't really a thing until they started deciding that like, no, slavery is definitely genetic. And it's super weird to to hold in your head the notion that somebody who looks just like you, except for the color of his skin and, and the texture of his hair, is not actually like you. Um, because, like, how do you, how do you decide that some humans can own other humans? That's crazy. Right. In fact, slavery made more sense back in ye olde England when it was, like, based off of some piece of dumb luck that occurred to you. But, you know, you were all white British people and just some of you happened to be slaves. And even then you were, like, theoretically not really slaves. I mean, you were actually, but... Yeah, it was a completely different context. It was, you know, like... You, uh live in a dank room in a castle and have to walk around with a food tray not you live outside but not in a good way and have to get whipped and pick cotton right it's amazing the things that people felt entitled to do to their this is like the most depressing podcast ever hey guys we're anti-slavery <laughs> like who would ever imagine that but it was I mean it was really like how do you it's amazing how people will behave to one another when empowered to do so like i would like to think that humans shouldn't be like that but they really are and it's a really like dark part of the human psyche that that allows us to accept things like slavery and like oh well this person if if he or she doesn't work to your specifications you can you can whip this person until they bleed and occasionally to death. I mean, you try not to because of the whole monetary investment yeah. you have in the person, but eh, shit happens. Like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and there are uh, fairly recent psychological experiments that have been done that prove that, you know, given power without consequence, humans are just terrible to each other. Yeah, so it's extra surprising that people are hateful bigots and racists and assholes on the internet, given that they've been allowed to do so without consequences. I think it was the Stanford prison experiment. Is that what I'm thinking of? I don't remember, although I am familiar with the the gist of it. Yeah, I think this is it. Well, I'll put it in the notes anyway, since I mentioned it, whether it's what I'm talking about or not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Both that and possibly <laughs> whatever the actual... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have no recollection of the name of the study, but yeah. That's pretty nuts. And, and, and that's what 
the Confederate flag really stands for. People doing really fucked up shit to other human beings. Like, a system that relied upon people doing really fucked up shit to other human beings. Like, breeding humans. That's nuts! Yeah, and, you know, when the Germans lost, lost World War II, they didn't pretend they didn't right <laughs> like for like doing performing a nazi salute in modern germany today is like kind of a serious thing that's prosecuted yeah and people think you're a huge asshole because right. you are but flying a confederate flag today is like oh isn't that nice they believe in slavery right there, like, here in Georgia, you can get uh, Sons of the Confederacy license plates, so you can proudly declare not only that your, you know, forebears were fucking traitors, but that you believe n in treason and in slavery and oppression, and you're fucking racist. So in one way, it's like, cool, so I know to stay the hell away from that guy. I know I want nothing to do with that guy, but like it's it's almost like it's a government supported thing in that they're they in that they're offering that and it's weird and crazy and I disapprove. Perhaps the craziest part is that of a population of about 6 million throughout the south in 1850, 7% of slaveholders owned roughly three quarters of the slave population and those slaveholders only totaled 350,000 of the total six million. So this has some really, really weird and uncomfortable parallels to today of the majority of the population supporting laws and policies in the idea that they someday too might be rich slave owners. Right. It's the whole temporarily embarrassed millionaires yeah. thing. It was never going to happen. How the hell were they ever going to get the capital? They weren't because the people who had all the capital had no interest in their getting any of it. Yeah. What are they going to do? Rob a bank? You're going to rob one of those people <laughs> that already have all the capital. Sure. Yeah. Except all their capital is, it's not liquid. They don't, I mean, I mean some of it obviously was, but well, a lot of Well, slaves were considered liquid assets. Well, that's true because you could use them as a form of exchange, but it's, I mean, you would, that's, I mean, tr selling off all of your slaves is kind of like eating your seed corn. You don't want to do it if you possibly can because it seriously impacts your ability to make more money in the future yeah yeah it is it is really weird how um and i don't know if this is a uniquely american thing but it's certainly a thing we have a lot more than you might expect in america it's big, where it's big enough that's a problem right people are willing to basically act against their own interests with the idea that in some mythical future they will be among the oppressors and will appreciate all of the statutes in place to allow them to be oppressors yeah like <laughs> instead of instead of fighting because they're the oppressed 
they it's I don't get it it's super weird log cabin Republicans never gonna understand that one <laughs> well no it's all about conservative fiscal policy and the right to hate me yeah <laughs> the cognitive dissidence is strong <sighs> I agree <laughs> um, and yeah, and the crazy thing is, we're stuck with them. We're still stuck with these people. We can never go to um, the dream of the United States of Canada, where we add the Northeast and everything north of and including California, but not east of it, to Canada <laughs> and consolidate into a nice liberal paradise, because all these racists can't govern themselves, <laughs> and they, you know. We're economic importers. They can't make a go of it by themselves. And right. it would just become this horrible place that is, well, due to the weird shape of this new country between <laughs> its own borders. Yeah. <laughs> it would be a little awkward. <laughs> yeah. It would be worse than Mexico. And Mexico is not a, Mexico is not a good neighbor. Like... <laughs> And it would be worse than that. But at least we have a good solid border with them. This would turn the flyover states into Mad Max. That's true. <laughs> oh, man. That would suck. And that's the libertarian ideal. I know. Like, that's that actually the what they're thing. aiming for. Like, libertarians think that there should be very little government. I'm like, are you shitting me? Do you know what your life would be like if we didn't have government telling people that they couldn't, you know, give you a swirly and take your lunch money on a grand scale you would be getting swirlies and they would be taking your money like i guess people thought that slavery would literally die out at some point um but it didn't <laughs> we it, government had to act it's like inequality is never gonna die out sexism racism never gonna die out until we legislate that shit like yeah, something active does need to be done about it um, because for whatever reason, it defies the uh, explanation of democracy as two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for dinner. Hmm. You know, you'd think that with a very large population of slaves or for that matter, women being half the population that, right. you know, there would just be a very bloody battle. And then, you know, just whoever has the biggest numbers would come out on top and that would be it. But um, despite the number of crazy people that are out there, the average person isn't actually prone to going to war over every little right. thing. Women as a whole are not going to take up arms. First of all, we haven't got time. And second of all, all of all of the power is in the hands of the oppressors. And that's true, you know, for 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 people of color, all of the power is in the hands of the oppressors. For poor people, all of the power is in the hands of the oppressors. You will never be rich because the system is set up to prevent that from happening because the people who have money now think that anything that you might get is necessarily taking something away from them which is which is also insane because the economy is always better when the middle class has more money but these rich fucks on wall street have set it up this is like one of my cursier episodes but all of this shit really pisses me off um 
anyway, those rich fucks on Wall Street have set it up such that they they're they're pillaging the middle class. They're they don't. It's like they're it's it's going to be like 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 India soon where we'll have you know the very very you either uh, as as my friend who's from India put it you have a maid or you are a maid and Oof. that's not great she would visit her family um, every couple of years and they were of the having maids class uh, which is pretty much how she happened to be born in the United States because <laughs> um, yeah, cause, yeah hard to get out if you're if you're of the made being class uh, I, I just want to look something up so I don't say something wrong here <laughs> I can't find who coined the term first but basically, following the meltdown of, you know, 2008, there's been this term third world America. Because if you look at it in terms of graphs and income inequity, it resembles some really third world places. Yeah. And... Um, I don't like the term developing nations as you know a politically correct thing to say instead mm. of third world um, because in my opinion that word implies that there is upward economic mobility right and that's not the case yeah a lot of times it just means that the rich people are rich enough to have cell phones yeah or like the GDP meets um, arbitrary number, which, because it's an average, doesn't mean anything. Because there <laughs> can be some rich asshole that has all of it. Right. <sighs> we disapprove. <laughs> Inequity is bad. It is. It's super bad. I think it's a Louis C.K. rant that. Uh, uh, talks about you know two poor people and you know how people get mad if they're poor and they see someone poorer than them getting a handout right and this is probably a uniquely american phenomenon i wouldn't be surprised um but you know he basically says you shouldn't be looking in anyone else's bowl except to make sure they have enough. Yeah. Like, where's the humanity of it all? And, you know, I've talked to tons of uh, right-wing but Christian people who think, you know, well, you know, this is, you know, of course we don't want people to starve. Um, but, you know, that's just not the government's role. Right. Okay, but they're still starving. Your churches yeah. aren't helping. And your churches are kind of picking who doesn't starve, because right, charity only the righteous. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Charity gets to play God by picking who they give their handouts to. You need something at the federal level to decide if you make bef below this income, you are considered dirt poor, and we want to help you. 
and we're just it, pushing that number down instead of up. Yeah, which is really amazing. It it is shameful that in 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 this country where what do we waste like. 60% of our food or something like that of all the food grown it just gets thrown away that any that anyone ever doesn't know where their next meal is going to come from especially children i mean you would think that the pro life party <laughs> right that anyone that anyone could ever do support any policy that basically took food away from children like all of the people who are for uh drug testing for welfare fuck you you are a huge asshole all you are gonna do is make children go to school hungry um uh, and and every now and then you hear about a politician who feels that children who get free or reduced lunch should offset that by doing janitorial work like, are you kidding me? <sighs> that ha, it's and and they should be ashamed. You sh anybody should be ashamed to espouse that let them eat cake bullshit. But they're not. People will say the most outrageous things, and and apparent and nobody like shoots them for it you know the only thing we shoot people for nowadays is walking while black yeah um and that's why we didn't mention any one particular event that triggered this episode because well not only would that date it but right um whenever you listen to this there's going to be something that was recent something different will pop into your mind whenever you're listening to this. Doesn't matter if it's two weeks from now when I release it, a year from now when you go through the back catalog, it'll be something else. Yeah, we don't seem to stop. I wish we would. <laughs> it's a it's a legacy it's a legacy of hate. It's a legacy so one of the ways that you as a rich person in the South could keep the poor white people from chopping off your head is to convince them that they're not the lowest of the low. You have to convince the people who are very, very poor that they're not quite the worst. So you ha so they gave them, you could always look down on black people. And they still do. There are still a lot of people who just feel like, like, that, that black culture is just morally bankrupt and black people deserve what they get. I'm like, motherfucker, are you kidding me? Uh, the, the, these people's ancestors were brought here against their will. They were enslaved for hundreds of years. People think of slavery like it's something that happened a long time ago. It, it wasn't. It was very recent in the grand scheme of things. And, and then even, okay, so post-slavery, there was still a hundred years of Jim Crow before the Civil Rights Movement. And by the way, the Civil Rights Movement, really recent. Like, really, really recent. There are, your parents remember the Civil Rights Movement because it was very recent. Um, 
And it's not like Martin Luther King made the I Have a Dream speech and then racism was over. He beat it. It's not a freaking video game. (laughs) Martin Luther King did not fight the final boss. You can tell because they fucking shot him and he died. Like, and, and it's, and, and that didn't, he wasn't, you know, racism Jesus where all of the racism was, was expiated by his death. I mean, no, no. Um, anyone who was born sufficiently after it to not remember, or even if you lived through it and just want to make yourself really, really depressed, um, go find the, uh, documentary... 1968 with Tom Brokaw. It's not all depressing. It goes through some of the music, <laughs> you know, and, you know, it was a big year. Um, but <laughs> there was a lot of important people who just wanted everyone to get along getting shot. Yeah. Because gun culture is not a problem either. Oh, no. No, no. Of course not. We need our guns to prevent the violent government something something i'm really not sure i'm really unclear on that one guess what people guess what's gonna happen with your guns maybe you'll shoot your wife maybe your kid will kill himself maybe you'll shoot a random black person who knocks on your door because you know their tire blew and they need a phone to call it a tow whatever there's the this i really it really this middle-aged white man fantasy of being John Wayne, like, saving the family from the marauding people of color, let's face it. It's just such bullshit. First, I, and, and, like, so say there is a home invasion. There's a really good chance that the home invader is going to take your gun away from you and shoot you with it. Yeah. You are not John Wayne. And I used to have this fantasy that this crap was, you know just naturally extincting itself by terrible people getting older and dying. Uh, right. But I forgot that they have children. Yeah, they do. I've and they're... recently went on an unfriending spree because every time one of these things happens, it oh, brings man. out the worst in people. When it, so one of my coworkers, her, uh, one of her like cousins or something is going to swear off Johnson and Johnson forever because they had a gay couple in an ad. I'm like, well, enjoy your generic band-aids because they're <laughs> really not as good. And she was like cracking up about that. But like... Well, because that is funny. Yeah. I, I thought so myself. But... <laughs> also, I think they're going to find it really difficult to actually swear off all Johnson and Johnson products because... <laughs> These mega brands are just so big. Because right. there's so many brands that aren't them, that are them, that sell these same types of products. Do you know how big Pepsi is? It's, it's crazy it, big. It, it's Pepsi, Frito-Lay, which also <laughs> used to be two companies, uh, right. KFC, Taco Bell, and the cereal company that makes Captain Crunch. Mm, Captain Crunch. And that's just the food part of it. Right. It just keeps going. There are six companies that make all of the things. And, and I, we can probably address this in a future episode. Yeah. But. So to say you're going to swear up Johnson & Johnson, you know. Good, good luck. luck. Unless you're going to buy all your Band-Aids. And, well, unless you're going to buy everything from a dollar store. <laughs> which you probably won't enjoy doing because that's where black people and other people of color shop. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. And then they're probably with your bigotry. Like the Chinese ones that are going to poison you. Like they're full of melamine or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's, you know, that's screwed up. America is not a kind place. No. I, I, I don't know why there are 21st century immigrants. Like, go to Canada. It sounds great. Yeah. I I would much, I you know. Well, actually, the reason there are 21st century immigrants is because um, our high schools have gotten so bad that we need to fill our PhD programs with mm-hmm. foreign students instead. That's true. And then we send them back home with advanced degrees. Yeah. I was and pocket the s- money. Well. The university that's... pockets the money. Harvard gets the money. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at the statistics for the um, the specific part of the university that I work for that I work for. <laughs> um, something like 70% of our PhD students are are international students um and this i think they're mostly this is a business school so i mean a phd in marketing lol but it's mostly cis <laughs> students what that's you know come on <laughs> um doctorates are for science but keep going <laughs> yeah <laughs> But there's a case to be made for the computer information systems people, I guess. Um, But they're almost all international students. So, you know, we're filling them with knowledge and sending them away. Because we don't truck with that here. Uh, The last time the U.S. did something similar to this, uh, which was the... uh the start of terrible things that uh, ended with Reagan making everything worse Yay. was uh, so we spoke in an earlier episode about FDR's proposed second Bill of Rights and then he died and Ooh. all well he actually wasn't shot <laughs> although there were uh, right. pl- there were plenty of conspiracies to uh, assassinate FDR a pretty serious like big time stuff that we've uncovered uh that's not the point uh the point is all of his men then went to rebuild europe after the war and they all got our second bill of rights not all of it but certainly more than we got uh instead we fed ourselves the lie that capitalism was the greatest system ever invented because being that there was no German or Japanese car industry, we and petroleum was squirting out of the ground in Pennsylvania <laughs> for effectively free, that yeah. we could build these terrible, unreliable American cars, sell them for like the equivalent of $5,000 a piece new, and you know just abandon them on the side of the road after they stopped working after you know five or ten years. Because there was no competition on the global scale. Right. And because there was effectively free oil. So all these liberal ideals, you know, they were abandoned. And the tax code was slashed repeatedly from a post-war high of 90% on the upper bracket to 70 to 50 to... Now you're lucky if you're in the top 10% and pay a tax rate of 15%. Mm. 
which if you figure out your personal tax rate is probably higher because your I'm money doesn't come sure from capital is. gains yeah my money comes from actual work that I do. <laughs> I, a human being, actually earn my money, not some other money that I have. Like, and this is because I don't have that money making my money for me. I never will. I'm, I'm like, I'm fortunate enough to be middle class right now, part of the, the disappearing middle class. But I'm never going to be a rich person ever. Like, just it's just not going to happen. I could, I could work really, really hard, and it won't matter. Not least because I'm female. <laughs> no, of course not. <sighs> Everything's terrible. Everything is terrible. That's why we started the show. Mm-hmm.